0: And I'm pleased to welcome uh, to the show, Abhijit Sayar, who is Australia and New Zealand economist at Capital Economics. Uh, Good morning, Abhijit. Good morning, James. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Nice to have you on the show. And uh, Australia always a, a source of uh, fascination for us. And I guess, you know, we've been talking a little bit about uh, prospects for the Fed uh, and whether the next basis point rise will go ahead next week, which it's uh, generally accepted it will do. Uh, How is the RBA uh, looking at all of this at the moment? Um, you know, what are the prospects for further tightening in Australia?
1: Um, Yeah, so that's a really good question, especially given that the RBA decided to pause its hiking cycle uh, at its April meeting. Um, So, I mean, when you look at the minutes of the RBA's meeting, you see that the decision to keep rates unchanged actually came down to the wire. Um, With inflation still running hot, the board did consider the argument that it might be prudent to raise interest rates to ensure inflation is brought to target faster and noting that they could always reverse course if uh, inflation or activity slowed more uh, or more rapidly than they expected. But they ultimately decided to pause to gather more information. So let's look at what information has come to light since the April meeting. So basically, we have had The business survey data, which showed that business conditions, although they softened a bit, they, they were extremely strong by historical standards. They've had labor market data, which shows that the labor market is still running red hot. Unemployment is at close to a 48 year low. And then you got CPI data, which although it did show inflation moderating at a slightly faster pace than the bank had expected, um, service inflation continued to accelerate, which doesn't bode well for the RBA's plans to return inflation to its two to three target by mid 2025. So all things considered, we think that there will be one final 25 basis point uh, rate hike uh, at next week's uh, RBA meeting just because the bank will want to err on the side of caution and not risk being further behind on the tightening curve.
0: How much does the RBA actually follow what the Fed is doing step by step, step for step? Um, I mean,
1: so the RBA, is, as if you, if you've been following what they've been doing, they kind of, uh, march to their own drumbeat. They don't necessarily, uh, take their cues from the Fed. Um, for instance, they started, uh, tightening later than the Fed. They, uh, have been less aggressive. For instance, the RBA has not once done a 75 basis point hike during this, uh, tightening cycle while the Fed has. So, I mean, to the extent that, um, that, it, it, of course, that is not to say it doesn't care about the Fed because obviously what the Fed does matters for capital inflows to Australia and could, uh, put pressures on the Australian dollar and therefore have an impact on inflation. So they do care about it, but, um they, they, they they're not in lockstep with the Fed by, by any stretch.
0: Obviously, there have been a lot of banking issues, uh, particularly in the U.S., but obviously in Europe uh, uh, as well over the last uh, few weeks. How much has that kind of contagion spread to Australia or affected the Australian markets and perhaps what uh, indeed the RBA does?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So broadly speaking, I've seen there's been virtually no signs of contagion to uh, Australian banks. Australian banks uh, rely on overseas funding for relatively Small share of their overall uh, funding needs, um, and uh, so far, I mean, based on things like uh, the repo market operations and uh, interbank spread, there's little to suggest that um, there there are funding strains in in uh, that domestic banks are facing funding strains rather. Um, so, I mean, so it's not really been factoring into the RBS calculus as they themselves have said. Uh, right now, Australia seems to be pretty insulated from uh, any possible contagion.
0: And how about the effects of uh, of tech in Australia at the moment? Uh, you, you know, obviously not being affected by the banking uh, crisis, but, but tech, um, what goes on in the US? Presumably that also has uh, quite a big effect in Australia. Um,
1: so here's the thing. I mean, uh, as far as equities go, uh, Australian equities are holding up uh, fairly well. They're more dependent on finance and uh, commodities. Um, And uh, from a broader sense, uh, it it doesn't look, again, like there's going to be major ripple uh, ripple effects from Australia, from
0: uh, a potential downturn in tech. Now um House prices and the property market, always a uh, subject of fascination by Australian consumers, follow very closely. There's been a bit of an uptick, though, uh, in house prices, uh, hasn't there, Abijit?
1: That's right. So um, since uh, March, house prices have been steadily inching up uh, in in month-on-month terms. Uh, they rose uh, by a little less than one percent uh, in March, and they look like they're on track to do that again in April um and so yeah, so this is um uh this is quite interesting, especially because it's very rare for house prices to rise before uh, uh, I mean at a time where monetary policy is also tightening so it's it's quite a rare phenomenon, so we thought we'd look at this in some detail and uh, there are some signs that the housing recovery has legs for instance, the sales to new listing ratio. Uh, is consistent with rising housing prices auction clearance uh, rates have been rising Um, and of course uh, uh, population growth uh, uh, has uh, been putting some uh, upward pressures on housing demand as well but on balance we, we still think that this is something of a false start and the reason we think that is that a affordability is worse than it was during the global financial crisis and it's the most stretched it's been since the early 90s so i mean basically borrowing capacity is very limited amongst households so the, it doesn't look like uh there's a genuine increase in demand so even if you look at the sales to new, new listing ratio instance, it's more driven by falling supply or falling listings as opposed to uh a huge rebound in sales right um and then second we don't like uh like i just said we don't think the tightening cycle is done and uh, what's more, we don't think there's any scope for interest rate cuts in the near term. We think rates uh, will peak at 3.85% and stay there until around mid-2024, uh, which will continue to subdue borrowing capacity. And uh, one final thing that I'd like to mention is that we are actually forecasting a pretty huge surge in unemployment in Australia. We expect it to rise from about 3.6% presently to about 5% by end 2025. So uh, if you... Look at um, past precedent, house prices have fallen in every single episode where the unemployment rate has uh, risen by more than one percentage point. So all things consider, yes, we have seen uh, house prices uptick uh, a little bit the last couple of months, and it might do so uh, in May as well. But uh, we're not convinced that this is part of a sustained rebound.
0: Great. Well, Abhijit Suya is uh, Australia and New Zealand economist at uh, Capital Economics. Abhijit, thank you very much uh, for joining us.